In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to continue to convert our hearts. Help us to be drawn into your presence and to know your will and to know you more fully. Amen. My personality tends to be the type, uh, if we could use spectrums of personality traits, I tend to be more extroverted than introverted, which is not the norm for priests. Fun fact, most priests tend to be uh, introverted, but I tend, to, I tend to be extroverted, and it's a balance there. For example, when I go to like gatherings and stuff, I, I don't mind. I enjoy the company of like a lot of people. I, mean, I kind of like Hossa. I kind of thrive in Hossa. But still, even though I tend to be that personality, even when I, when I go to places that I'm not going to know somebody or if I'm going there alone, uh, it can still kind of be kind of like, like I'm kind of like not comfortable with the situation. Walking into like fundraisers or galas or different events or this funeral that I don't know anybody or what it might, what not. But then once I get there and I'm kind of like, hi, I'm Father Pierre, hi, I'm Father Pierre. I'm kind of just like doing my own thing. Then once I see somebody I know, like whether it's a friend or someone who I'm familiar with, just the natural like human inclination, I tend to be like more at peace. And more like, oh, your buddy, especially like they're there and they don't know anybody. Like, let's just be friends together and hang out the rest of the evening. And there's a, there's a, a familial love and a companionship that can be in like recognizing someone and being with somebody who knows you and whom you know. Just being in their presence kind of brings that peace. Another example, another kind of image for you, is think of a child, you know, like a little child, like a child talking right now, like that child right there. Like imagine that child, like they bump their elbow, they scrape their knee, they hit their head or something like that. They just like are crying. Okay, they're, just, they're very much crying. And they run to daddy, they run to mommy, whatever it is, and they just are consoled by their parents. The situation of their elbow or knee or forehead, whatever is hurting them, hasn't changed. But just being in the presence, being loved by their father, their mother, brings them that sense, that sense of peace. So for us as followers of Jesus, right, it's important to know that when we're in the presence of the Eucharist, that's Christ giving us his love. Because in the gospel today, this is what Jesus does. It's one of the few gospels throughout the year where it's really Eucharistic. Besides, like, Holy Thursday and all these other things. But, like, on a Sunday, the very most Sundays are not really... They don't, we don't have John 6, for example, as a, as, a, as a gospel on Sundays, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Right? But we have this gospel where Jesus takes the bread and the fish, takes the bread from the people. He takes bread from us. He takes it. He gives thanks. He blesses it. He gives it to his apostles. He gives it to the priests. And the priests then give it to the people. So there's very much a Eucharistic image that Jesus has complete control and power over bread, or substance of bread. So just seven loaves feeds 4,000, probably double because women and children. Let's just say 10,000 people are fed off of seven loaves, six, seven loaves. It's impossible. Physically speaking, practically speaking, impossible. But the glory of God, it's possible. So that Christ can do that, that across the entire world, the entire Catholic and Orthodox world, that every, at every church across the world, you have the Eucharist. All of us get to have the presence of Jesus, and all of us, billions of us, get to eat and become one physically with Jesus. And that is incredibly beautiful. Because God has desired from, from all of creation to be close to his people. He's always wanted to be present to his people, to bring that peace. Like I mentioned, when you go somewhere and you're just in the presence of someone whom you love, or you're a child and you find the love and the presence of your, of your, of your parent, that's very beautiful. You're consoled in that. And God has always wanted that for his people. Since the Garden of Eden, since Adam and Eve were created, and then Moses in the desert, God is always with them. And obviously the apex is the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ. And that is incredibly beautiful, that God has always wanted to be with his people. 
But what happens? Oftentimes, we reject God. And it's nothing new. All this stuff is always repeating. There's, there's situations where we reject God. We choose things that are comfortable as opposed to accepting God. In Deuteronomy, we have Aaron. Moses is going up to the mountain to get the commandments of God. He's communicating with God. And then Aaron, his right-hand man, makes a calf, a, a, a cow made out of gold to worship that. Because it's easy, it's tangible, I can see it, I can touch it. We want to worship this. And God, in his fury, wants to destroy them, and they end up eating that. They eat, literally eat the gold to, like, a consequence for their sin. Why do we do that? We do it to ourselves. Why do we worship things like food and alcohol or drugs or social media and popularity or success and money and possessions? These things can easily take the presence of God away from us because we choose these things to bring our satisfaction. We choose these things to be our hope, and they're not. Only in Jesus. There might be a little dopamine boost right there when we watch this show, we do this thing, but it's never, ever going to satisfy our hearts. Our our hearts are only satisfied in God forever. Even St. Paul talks about that. Imagine St. Paul, all his tribulations and shipwreck, he was bitten by a snake, all these crazy things. He says one of the greatest lines in all of Scripture. You can like buy like home goods and put it on your wall. He says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how in all, any and all circumstances I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. I can do all things through him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That God wants to always strengthen us. From creation down to you and me today, God has desired for our well-being. And what do we do with you? Think about the Eucharist in general. The whole idea of the Eucharist, right? It's, it's a dynamic sacrament. We're in the middle of it now. We're at Mass right now. And we're going to worship Jesus. We're going to come here and we're going to worship God. That's why a priest should be facing the altar. We don't. Different homily, different day. But we worship, we should be worshiping God. That's one thing we do, is we worship God at the, at the altar. Next thing is we eat Jesus. We physically become united with the incarnation of God and we eat Jesus. Thirdly, what I want to focus on is we just come in the presence of the Eucharist at different times. When you came into Mass, before Mass started, you were in the presence of the Eucharist because of the tabernacle. We are going, like, we're like killing ourselves to make the Eucharist available to you. One huge project is we're extending the grotto to make it more accessible, people to come and worship Jesus 24-7. In their busyness of lives, they can come and worship Jesus. In the meantime, we've completely kicked parish council out of their room they're homeless for a few months here. And that room is now where we can worship Jesus. 24-7, you have access to the incarnate God. The same God in the Garden of Eden. The same God of Moses. The same God in Galilee walking and healing people is the same God that you have access to in the Eucharist to come into his presence and be with Jesus. And throughout this gospel too, as I was, as I was praying with it, think of how these people are approaching Jesus. First, you have this woman, and she approaches Jesus, as we should approach Jesus in the Eucharist, and she's discouraged. Her daughter has a demon, and Jesus, one, ignores her, then offends her. It's not right to give the food for, of, the, of the children to dogs. I had the hardest time with this gospel every time I read it, every year. Like, Man, you really call her a dog? It's challenging. Then the others come to Jesus and they bring their dumb and their maimed and their lame and their blind. They bring all their burdens of life and they bring them to Jesus. And he heals them. How much more so for us when we come to the presence of Jesus? 
that we come in adoration and we're in the presence of God. Our situation of life hasn't changed. Just like the child who's crying who has a boo-boo, right? Our situation hasn't changed. When we come in the presence of our beloved and we're in the presence of God and we bring to him our discouragement of faith, we bring to him the burdens of lives. Maybe you don't have anybody in your life who is blind and maimed and all these things, but you have people who are full of anger, full of hate, full of lust, full of pride, whatever it might be. Maybe it's yourself. And you bring them before Jesus and we offer them to God and just simply being in his presence, that's where we find our fulfillments. And we are resting in the presence of our beloved. That's the Eucharistic presence of Jesus. That's what he wants from us, for us to rest in his love, to rest in his heart. And then, because yesterday was the um, the feast day of Our Lady of the Rosary, and here we are in the month of the Rosary. The Rosary is such a beautiful thing to do during adoration. You're meditating on the incarnation of God and His birth. You're meditating on the preaching of Jesus and the Eucharist. You're meditating on His, his, his carrying of His cross and His death. You're meditating on the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. You're meditating on all these mysteries of Jesus by praying your Hail Marys, by praying your Rosary. And it's such a beautiful, substantial kind of block. What do I do when I go to adoration? I'm just kind of there. I don't know what to do. Pray your Rosary. Open up the Gospels. Read the Gospels. Whatever it is, come and be in the presence of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, if you don't have five minutes a day, a half an hour a week, right? I know you guys don't like St. Thomas's parking lot, but during the day, it's usually fine, okay? On a Tuesday, right before you go to work, right after school, on your way to pick up soccer practice, stop, park your car, walk down, give God five minutes. He's your fulfillment. The incarnation of God present, waiting for you. He's your beloved. Bring to him your burdens. Bring to him your discouragements. Bring to him your worship. Bring to him yourself and offer yourself before the presence of Jesus Christ, before the presence of the incarnate God here for us. And there, and only there, do we find our heart's ultimate fulfillment. Amen.